and welcome to the Lock In Podcast. So a year ago, almost to the day, our wonderful leader Boris Johnson dropped this bombshell on us. Now is the time for everyone to stop non-essential contact with others and to stop all unnecessary travel. We need people to start working from home where they possibly can. And you should avoid pubs, clubs, theatres and other such social venues. So for this episode of the podcast, we felt it's only appropriate that we look back and take stock of a year of hell, frankly. As this year has been one of abject failure and misery for many, it's only appropriate that we talk to two experts on these subjects. Oh, here we go. Here <laughs> my, we go again. My, my co-host, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. I mean, guys, you know, <laughs> you're the experts on this. I mean, what a year. I'm, I'm surprised you're still in business. It's been great. It's just, it's been a great opportunity to focus on health and well-being, which is the only saviour for me, really. I mean, yes, it, it, you're looking extraordinarily healthy. Now. Thanks. Yeah, uh, we'll post a picture of you. It's on been the, a year uh, to forget. Yeah, it's been a year to forget. I mean, yeah, it is. It is pretty serious. I mean, Heath. I mean, what, what's uh, what's your thoughts? It, it's it's been a challenge, hasn't it? Oh, it's just you know, it all feels like I've just been in a washing machine for the last year. Just every tumble dryer sort of thing it's just um what a what a mental year um it all seems a bit of a dream really um yeah i don't know man but the thing is it's not over yet no it's just like when's this roller coaster gonna end i mean you guys have have done some some pretty impressive things over the over the last year along with with many other operators as well i mean no one could have predicted any of this um, so for this episode, we're going to be looking back a little bit at what's happened, how we've ended up where we are, and what stood out for us, what have we learnt, and what we can take forward. We'll also be talking to a couple of suppliers of the pub sector to see how they've evolved and adapted to the challenges. Uh, but before all that, let's just uh, focus quickly on the here and now, uh, post-budget. Uh, we've had a week or so for things to sink in. How, how are we feeling about it now? Don't really differ. I still think it's... Sh- go on here, yeah. sorry. I still think it's shy. Okay, insightful, James. Yeah, I think it's shut. No, I, I, I am. It's. I still feel the same as I did a week ago. We were all on the edge of our seats waiting to hear. And I think the biggest thing they've missed is just giving us a bit longer to recover and repair. And they've not given us that. They've given us. They've given us benefits when we're closed, or majorities of a clo- majority of us are closed. So it's not really helped. No. Do, do you know what I mean? Um, so uh, yeah, yeah we, like we, you look, you look at. You look at VAT. Everybody deferred VAT that last year when you could defer it. It's you've got to pay it now, so you can set up a payment plan. But you've still got to start paying that VAT you didn't pay now, and you've got no income. With yeah, I was going to so, say pay it with what? It, yeah, like it's just ridiculous. It's just like honestly, I don't know how this government thinks. And you know, we're not even opening. If we're lucky, we're going to open on April the twelfth. But at what capacity? Mm. So I, I, you know, what I mean, I. I, I the government seems to act like we're, we're out of the woods. Oh, it's all going to be okay now. Don't worry about it. We've got the vaccine. But they don't... We, we're not... It's not treated like that. You know? We should be open. I, th- I think just, um, the, pro- the problem is it falls... You know, the axe falls on the experienced operator, the people that have it as their... You know, the living and um, are brilliant at what they do and have been around the while, a while because what they've done the last year is accrued debt, you know, had to pay suppliers for stock that's, that's perished and all the rest of it. You know, on three different occasions that's had to happen. Mm. Um... What the government are presuming is that we're starting from zero. So if you start a new business now, a new pub, a new bar, a new restaurant, you're in pretty good shape because, 
you know, you're not carrying that debt. You get an absolute, you get a competitive advantage. There's been no room given to repair for the experienced operator. No. None. Well, mm. look at, look at, come on, look at Hawksmoor Group with six steak restaurants, mm. 40 million in debt. How yeah. will they ever, like, you know, it doesn't take Einstein to we'll do the maths on that. What's that? It's expensive steak. Yeah, but how are we ever going to pull out of that? It, like, mm. you know, you're 40 million in debt. Mm. Mate, you're not, man, you're dreaming on that. So that, that like James said, that's the penalty. You can know they must just close it all down and open another steak restaurant somewhere else. I mean, it's, it's, in, just, it's mental. It's interesting. You mentioned April as, as the uh, the reopening, and you two have been um, have been quite sort of vocal on on this. Um, and I see now, James, that you have um, opened up for bookings at the Lockhart, which is uh, slightly mm. surprising. As I quite, uh, if I quote you correctly from last week, people who are taking bookings for April are idiots. I might paraphrase that a little. I think no, you put so it that, much, that was last week. You put it much worse. Yeah. It was last week. <laughs> so that was last week. So, so this uh, week, did I so say this, that? No, you haven't said it this week. Well, Ed, I'll tell you what then. I'll give you one day. I'll give you one day of dealing with the phone calls, the texts, the emails, the relentlessness of did people. Did you get mine? I, no, we, no, you, no, you're, no, you're barred. But, um, but it's just, and it's relentless. And there's a point, and I'll sort of heave back. You throw your hands in the air and they're just... They're gaming you. They're all gaming you to get their table. They're trying to book two tables because there's eight of them. Or you know, it's just. And in the end, you might as well let it go. Um, I think when you announced it right away, but I think that all the signs are still pretty positive going forward that we're going to be reopened on the twelfth. It's whether we stay open or close. But I did say that last week. But honestly, life is too short to put up with some of the rubbish that you have to listen to. Um, and I know that we're all desperate to get back to the pub. And I don't think people realise that we're the most desperate for them to come back in. However, you know, there needs to be... We still don't really know. As far as I'm concerned, I think there's still... We still need to know whether we're one metre, two metres. Some clarification hey, there's, there's huge, huge questions still outstanding. But it changes, because I said last week, it changes. We've got a capacity at the front here of 24 seats. That's based on, you know, um, based on a metre. Mm-hmm. But if you sign in two metres, it changes. And who do you cancel? Yeah. So in the end, you just got to let go. But I'll look forward to seeing who you cancel. You, yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to book under a false name. It's probably going to be the only way I'm going to get in. But uh, oh, and Heath, I've also I found a contender for your crown of most painful customers. By the way, um, apparently uh, a Michelin uh, starred former private chef down in Devon has stopped providing free kid me- kids meals to his customers of his takeaway operation because they kept complaining about the size of the portion. So basically, they were complaining about getting free meals. Now, Brilliant. I mean, that probably competes with some of your stories, I would have thought. Mate, that, 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 that would be my customers. And there would be adults ordering the kids' meals, <laughs> complaining that the kids' meals aren't substantial. That's the shit I'd deal with in Highgate. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just, uh, honestly. Apparently, and the thing that's... Apparently, this guy used to be the uh, private chef for Danny DeVito, though. So um, that's a joke. Small <laughs> <that's a> joke. <laughs> I think. I think the scary thing that I, I think is going to happen is people are going to be ruthless. They want their lives back. We're going to open back up. We had this last lockdown, and they don't care about the rules. They want to get drunk. They want to have a good time, and they're not going to be told what to do. So I, I think we're going to have a real challenge. I think hospitality mm. is, you know, even though we're desperate for customer, we're desperate for that. I think we're going to really struggle getting back into the groove. I think staff aren't going to be used to working. Customers are going to be horrible. Um, I don't think we're going to have a nice experience. And I think it's going to take a long time to just get rid of the the cobwebs of lockdown. Um, Captain Altruistic, man. It's no, um, it's no secret that uh, Heath reopened his bookings with a picture of Basil Forty on the phone. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> a, a bit of introspection there. 
Yes, uh, I think we'll move on from there. So uh, don't forget uh, to subscribe to the podcast using the links on the Volley Advertisers page. Please do share and like and send us your thoughts. You can email me direct to the address ed.beddington at wrbm.com. Listening to the Lock In podcast, and we are taking a look back. It was a year almost to the day in which we were told to stop going to the pubs, and then everything that followed since. So, guys, I mean, let's let's just sort of rewind back in time. I mean, can you remember where you were when you were uh, when you heard this? I was with you, Ed, upstairs. You probably were actually. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we weren't supposed to talk about that, though. Um. Well, we weren't. Just, yeah, we were doing with the team, weren't we? We're all huddling around in the office. In the, in the office. office. In yeah, the yeah, office. that's yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, what about you, Heath? Can you? Uh, it, it was a bit. I of was a... at work. Right. Yeah, I was at work. I was. Um, it was pretty quiet anyway because it, it scared everybody away from pubs previous week or so. But um, yeah, I was at work, and I just remember it was almost like watching like a uh, like a horror movie. I don't know. Like this is the end of the horror movie. It's like oh shit. Um, but yeah. Just yeah, I was standing I, at work. I think I had a couple of drinks. That's, that sounds unlike you. I, I can't believe that. It's out of character. <laughs> um, I, I mean, one of the things that really stood out for me. I remember being at the um, at the publican awards and, and talking to people as this thing was sort of looming over us, and, and there were lots of people sort of going, "Oh, you know, it's it's not going to turn into anything." Uh, I think I remember talking to Alex Riley of Loungers, and, and he sort of said, "This is going to be bad." He was uh, right. And he was right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it was... I don't think he expected it to be quite as bad as it has been. Um, but, yeah, that, that was probably the last big gathering as well. So, yeah. I mean, it, did we think it would go on this long, guys? No. No. Like, not for me, no. But we have no experience in this, do we? You know, that's the thing. You couldn't imagine that you could have survived for a year, really. I know not everyone has. Mm. Both, you know, in life as well as you know in work, but mm. um, no, not at all, not at all. I don't think. I think if we would have probably taken it harder. I remember the first night when we closed. One of the customers thought it'd be really funny to to go down and turn. As soon as Boris said it, turn our sign from open to closed. I, oh, think, yes. I think when they saw the look, and they quickly changed it back. <laughs> I've never seen um, you move so fast. Yeah, no, it was, wasn't even downhill. But I was just, yeah, no, it was, it was no fun. But no, I don't think I, I could have imagined it would be a year. No. No, what about you, Heath? I mean, you you had pandemic insurance, so uh, surely you were expecting this. And look how that's turned out. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, I remember watching that Bill Gates TED talk in like two fifteen, two sixteen, and you know, I mean, I'm always I'm always doom and gloom because I think humankind has really messed up the planet anyway. So I'm not surprised it's been a year, but um, I wish it wasn't a year. But I, I think we've still got a long way to go, and I, I don't think it's going to. We're going to be out of the woods soon, even though the government acts we are. Um, I, mean, I don't know, man. Like, if we, I, th- I think we've still got a horrible year ahead of us. Really. I mean, that's the cheer, cheery optimism. But um, I mean, it, as James was saying, though, if you'd known it was going to be this long, would that have been better? Do you think? I mean, no. Would you? No, because psychologically, wow. no. No, it killed you. Could you plan for it? No, it killed you. Because all that keeps you going. You would have up hope. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You, I think we've had hope every step. There's hope. Oh, we can open. We can do this. Okay, we're getting there. And you, you want to struggle and you want to survive. But if you told someone last year this is going to be a year, how many businesses would have just folded? Mm. They would have yeah. just gone. There's no point. We've got cash in the bank. 
Let's burn the business, yeah. keep the money, and we'll, we'll grow. You know, we'll come out of the fire with cash flow, and we'll open a new business. Yeah, that's Absolutely. what would have happened. All that has happened is businesses have taken on loads of debt, living in hope, mm. and that's you know we're in a, we're, we're all in a bad position now. We're going to come out of this worse. Because so, I, th- I think we got yeah. a bit we got a bit of summer, didn't we? And then we kind of did different things like you know the takeaway, we did you know the the jug and bowl shop the crepes the you know the delivery yeah. we always busied ourselves with things that almost make and we had a nice summer of course the weather was half decent so yeah. so that helps but because you then had a bit of summer a bit of christmas and then the new year it's going to be better and you know and the numbers started to turn for us a bit obviously in, in jam but you know what screwed it james you know hmm. what screwed it at every opportunity this government stopped us from making money we're having a yeah. go with surviving they stopped the alcohol, drinks, everything they could possibly do to make it hard for us. And their comeback was, here's a little bit of money that you might get at some point from your local council, but we don't know when. And they hit it like that. And I just think that what they've done is wrong. And the budget, they could have given us they could have given us more leeway and it could have been kinder. So every opportunity we had, and we we're optimistic, we had a bit of a go at it. They really, 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 excuse my French, effed us. And I, I don't think they've given us a fair chance. And just I, not I, I still hold a grudge. But Heath also, and they've also talked about following the science, and which effectively is talking about following the numbers and the trends, and they've never provided us any evidence about the trade, have they? And they've proven it, like Lord Sasha and all that. All these yeah. guys are proving it, that it wasn't there, and yet, you know what the government's argument is? They don't care. They're just they're following policy. Well, I think they're, they're hoping like, that man, I, I, Heath. I think they're hoping that we forget. I mean, that's the point. I think they're hoping that we, that we and the industry wake up and we, we kind of get back to normal. Yeah, and just yeah, let it go yeah, and don't, yeah, don't cause a fuss. Yeah, yeah which is um, which is interesting with the, with some of the court cases that are being uh, yeah. taken yeah, out. Which is hmm. yeah, but they don't care. They'll just they'll just put it down that we did the best we can. Look at Hancock. What he did hmm. was unlawful. Mm. He's stuck. He's just got away with it. He got mm. away with it. It's madness. Well, look at Gavin Williamson. You know I mean? This is ironic. Be hanging. Mm. This is ironic. Be in the town square hanging. This is bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Hold him accountable. Hold these guys accountable, and they're not. I think there's 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 a lot of lack of accountability that they're, they're using the the emergency crisis oh. situation to to kind of uh, work their way around a lot. I think if you ever get fired in your job, right? Well, not not just you, Ed. No, okay, if, you, if someone ever got yes. fired in their job, they should use the, Gavin, podcast, the, the, the Gavin, Gavin Williamson law because the fact that he didn't get fired means that pretty much no one can get fired for that mess that he left their education system in. And it's unbelievable. Yeah. So it should be Gavin's law, they'll call it. <laughs> Gavin's law. Yeah, no it's one it, can be booked. It's the right. thing, James. It's the, we did our best. You know what? Your best isn't fucking good enough. There we go. 120,000 deaths. Mm. It's not good enough. You've done a shit job. Mm. A shit job. And, you, and you're telling us you've done a good job? Bullshit. It's off. Because, uh, you know, we thing- don't want Kenneth Starmer in here either. We don't want the Labour Party in. <laughs> Who do we choose? They're all shite. There's nowhere to go. I vote, you know I mean? vote for Heath, I say. Well, we, we've had this debate before, haven't we? I think uh, political party have won. Small, short Kiwi. But, but what, what they'll do is they'll just keep flipping around to saying, you know, how good the, we are at getting the vaccines out. Uh, and That's that it. Is, that look is, over here. That is going to be shiny, it. shiny. Look over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we're so good at getting the vaccines out. We're so good at it. We've vaccinated all the over, the vulnerable people, yet we're still not opening hospitality up when they said they would. So follow the science. They're not even. They don't, maybe the vaccine doesn't really work. Then what's going on? Open us back up. So bringing us back onto a topic and away from slightly ranty things. I mean, what would you say the the key milestones have been for you guys? 
uh, in this year what's really stood out what do you mean like milestone <laughs> oh milestone's like you've got your 20th wedding anniversary and you've gone well I haven't killed it yet but like milestone <laughs> like hospitality <laughs> you're never going to get oh, it's, uh, you're, you're never going to make it to the 20 year milestone there Heath I mean I'm talking about through the year what's, what have been the key highlights what What do you think um, Liverpool winning the Premier League I think Liverpool winning the Premier League yeah, yeah. they're doing well at the moment so though well aren't they lately. followed up well on you've that you've done so well lately James. this isn't a football Liverpool podcast so enough, well. enough already <laughs> Enough you brought them up. You brought them up. I mean, yeah. Um, I suppose, I suppose, diversifying the business. You know, doing well. We've like we've learned a lot. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. You know, I, half the shit we've had to do to survive, I'd never want to do in a million years if I was a normal business. Mm. But you know, now you can do a takeaway business. You know, now you can do a delivery business. You know, now you can, you know, pack food up well. You know, you, we've learned. I think we've both learned a hell of a lot. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, I think it's been. It's been an education, but I don't want to... It's like going back to school. I don't want to go back to school again, but I really don't want to do this all again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've had enough. It's the, it's the kind of... You're right, Heath, because what do you do? You either, you do one or two things. You either give up or you get on and have a go. And I'm not saying that everyone had that choice. You know, if you're a, if you're a, a countryside pub with not many chimney pots, you just don't have a choice, right? So you, you kind of are what you are. Um, but having to do deliveries and, you know, in the kitchen and just all mucking in, it's great. We always muck in. It's part of our style. But to that extent, it's been extraordinary, you know, doing yeah. deliveries at nine o'clock at night and being in the kitchen at seven in the morning prepping. It's just, yeah, you don't want to be doing that again. Um, no. I, I wouldn't say there's been any great milestones. Uh, yeah, I agree with Heath. You know, we've learned a lot. But I think the industry's always been robust like that. The industry's always survived, you know, because let's be honest, it doesn't get much help. It's never had much help. Well, that, that brings us on to the, to the next point then. Um, you know, has the government done enough? Um, we, we came into this, and I think uh, we, we did some interviews with you, James, actually, mm. early on, in which you were, you were quite complimentary about, uh, about the government, and that will probably haunt you for quite some time yet. But, well, I no, mean, because well, they introduced... But when we were talking about that, furlough had just come in. Yeah. And that... I don't think any of us could have predicted that. Mm. It, it was necessary, and it's... But it's the way they've gone after that I think it's not necessarily the government's fault it's more the infrastructure of the company the country so for example the grant system I'd be really interested to see if you took pub by pub and they don't need any information to do this and find out exactly what grants that were owed and just pay them mm-hmm. the problem is you've got local councils that don't know their arse from their elbow not in not in any way interested incentivized or enthusiastic about helping pubs or other businesses that aren't getting the money to the right places mm-hmm. and that's the problem not necessarily it might be that Rishi and his team have got a fantastic system and if you look at what everyone should have got then it would have worked but it's been let down by some and we know that we've got four pubs in four different councils they've all behaved very differently at Mid-Sussex being absolutely top of the tree going out and proactively looking for the grants that you've got to, to Hackney who have started to come through now but it's been a hell of a wait yeah. I'm not quite sure what he's doing there so. well it's a chef getting potatoes or whatever is he, is he mashing them behind you he's just come to get a sack of potatoes from Alphys so I mean the, the looking ahead um, I mean don't really want to ask this question but it, I think we've got to consider it but you know is this this kind of thing something we should be prepared for in the future I mean you do hear a lot of the doomsayers sort of suggesting you know this is this is going to be something that's going to be uh, with us a long time but potentially other similar 
uh, outbreaks are going to happen. I mean, no, I don't think so. Honestly, I don't think so. No, I think we've, we're now not we're now not averse to putting masks on. Do you remember how self-conscious we, we felt when we first put masks on? Now that's part and parcel. You look at countries like China, Japan, where it's commonplace. So I think that reaction we've got in place, track and trace, well, that was a disaster, but our own track and trace, our own safe distancing. Billion. I know. But my point is that the, the, the measures are now second nature and to adopt them again would be, would be easy. We also might learn to shut our borders down a bit quicker. Um, you we also, you, well, you'd, Still on the you'd, show, you'd hope so. But do you mean we've, I think there's been some learning in there? But also, you can't keep doing this. Mm. You know, we're one of the richest countries in the world, and look at the state we're in. So, you know, I, I just don't think it will happen. I don't think in our lifetime, hopefully, it won't happen again. Mm. Um, what about you, Heath? Oh man, if it happens again, like I don't know, man. Like, I, well, then we all know now. There's no point taking insurance out on a pandemic because they won't pay you anyway. Um, and then the future, the insurance companies won't have it there anyway. So, really, you've got to question why we have insurance. Um, well, I think we, we, yeah. we, we talked about it last time, didn't we? Or the time before. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, we're not letting we're it go. Not. No, well, yeah, no, no, they don't blame you. Do they? So there'll be people headbutting the computers listening yeah. to this. But it, it is, um, yeah, I mean, the insurers are never going to cover, touch this at yeah. all anymore. But, but you know pandemic I mean? so, look, If this happens again, what do you do? Like, at least we know, lease operators have been through it, know what they can do in their business and what survives. But, you know, how many businesses, you know, if we had to go and do this again next year with another pandemic, you know, Will the country want to be locked down again? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, when do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, we've, we're, we're going to have a look at some of the stats uh, in the next session. So uh, let's leave that there for now. You're listening to the Lock In podcast, and we are looking back at it's almost a year to the day since the pubs uh, were shut or we were told to avoid going to the pubs. Um, there's been a lot of things that have happened. Uh, let's have a look at some of the, uh, the stats um, that, that we've, uh, we've dug up. Um, apparently, um, this is uh, on the job front, they estimate around 650,000 jobs have been lost. From uh, from this sector, which um, and that's just for now. That doesn't cover, you know, the businesses that aren't going to be able to, to re-establish. I mean, that's, that's just called Ramsey Holdings. That's just. <laughs> I mean, that, it, that's a lot. It's a, it takes a while for the joke to work its way through the internet to heat, uh, but it gets there eventually. I mean, that's, it's a lot of a lot of lost uh, jobs, really, isn't it? Yes. Whether they come back, I think it's got to be more. Oh, I think it will be more in the, in the in the grand scheme. When we get out the other side, and we can assess it properly. It's it's. Um, I mean the uh, the industry as a whole. What do we employ? Something like uh, was it three point two million? Something like that. Is it? I think it's around around oh, okay, about that um, uh, that amount. So um, that's it's still a fair old chunk of that, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Could I, I, I'm with Heath. It could be a lot lot more. Mm. You know, when furlough comes to an end. They're just hoping, I think they're just playing that hope game that we refire and, you know, they stop further and it all becomes okay. But I don't believe that for a minute. I don't believe that the debt that's been generated uh, during, you know, lockdown is, is serviceable. So, you know, when does the music stop? I mean, we talked about this in the last 
podcast, didn't we, that, that the, um, the, the government's probably taking the view that these businesses that are folded will be filled by others coming into their place and those jobs will just resurface. So, All right, but then ask banks what they're... It'll be done by wealthy individuals or... or um, yeah, because who's going to lend the money? Well, banks aren't going to lend bankrupt. the hospitality sector, are they? No. But dim view. You are, you know, try and get a mortgage when you're working in the hospitality sector right now. Mm-hmm. Talking to, you know, Lydia, our manager earlier about that. And it's, no, no chance at the minute. I mean, have you two made made any uh, redundancies or, or no. cut any roles? Well, no. no. I've hired some new people, actually. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, we're hiring now. It's, right. a, it's, a good, yeah, it's a good market to find people because everyone's, you know, a lot of people have been screwed over by the employee, whether they've been on furlough, or employer, whether they've been on furlough, or things like that. So there's a lot of angry staff out there. And one thing we've always done in our businesses is protect staff. Um, mm. So everyone's still employed, but we've been going out now at the Red Lion. We hired a new a new chef who's got great experience um, because, you know, they just they want to be somewhere they're going to get looked after and be treated, you know, treated well. And, How long know, before he starts complaining about that chef? No, I don't. Just well, we, here's one. I spoke to, we, we were hiring a new new chef here as well because don't forget, you're, you're likely to need more staff when you come out of lockdown you needed before, yeah. you know, to, to manage your outside areas and all the rest of it. But we, I spoke to a chef yesterday about a role and... Um, this guy was really having a go at his employer, how badly he'd been looked after, and he got laid off on day one from, you know, when, when we were asked to close last year and how they're only now getting paid for the days they do. And I was like, you know, you know, truth, you know, we, we, we behave right and to start with paying 100% and we had to drop it down to 80, blah, blah, blah. See, I'd interview at 11 o'clock this morning, never turned up. <laughs> Done nothing but moan about where he is. He's going to get, you know, more money in better condition. Doesn't turn up. If ever there was a chef, a thing that epitomised employing in the chef market right now or ever it's that honestly it makes you want to just do crisps <laughs> <laughs> there's a joke in there somewhere I'm sure but, uh, yeah yeah okay uh, let's have a look at so numbers of pubs we've lost um, do you want to take a, a stab at that what do you think I don't know how many how many pubs have we talk about the universe being these days. It always kicks around different numbers. God, oh, forty, fifty thousand, something like okay. that. Hasn't we lost two thousand. Forty thousand. Okay. We haven't lost forty thousand. Six thousand. No, it's, it, it's no. I think we've lost six thousand. So the 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 num- total number of licensed premises since December this has has shrunk by nearly twelve thousand, uh, which equates to about one closing every hour around 30 a day that's according to CGA and Alex Partners and the round is that, is that, is that, well, that's, that's total license but around 2,000 of those were pubs so James was, was dead on with that ok but, but is this businesses that have been re sort of closed under that like that limited company and it's been picked up by another company because that could happen change yeah. of ownership right? yeah I think these, well, talking permanently these closed. I think these these were permanently closed these were the, the ones that happened oh, okay, because okay. we are seeing yeah you are right we're seeing businesses reopen and change and all, yeah. all the usual stuff that we see um, within within the business but that is so so far roughly around 2000 so um, but I think as we've been saying all the way along all this the, the, the support and, and uh, grants and furlough and everything is, is masking that. Um, and that how many of those could have been saved? Well, with access to the right, you know, yeah. we had Jim on, you know, Harry Dog talking about local brewery, you know, talking about that the other day. And he, I just said to him, no, you, you're, you are, you, you, you should get grants. And his accountant said no, and he's dug and he's got them. But it shouldn't be down to people to find out what they're due. 
Mm. You know, if you've got a society that really, if they really want to look after businesses and really give a shit about the industry, then you re, like I've said before, you repurpose your licensing officer and what, you know, your other, the other sectors and you, you get them the money they're due. So yeah. your 2000s but dropping this, this, James, we, we talk about this all the time. We go around in circles and we, we sit there and it doesn't make sense to us that the government doesn't want to look after us because of how much money we generate for the treasury. Yeah. But at the cold, hard light of day, they do not care. They hmm. honestly do not care. And anybody who sits there and think they do is bloody dreaming because they do not care about us. So it really is survival of the fittest. Do what you got to do. Hustle what you got to do. Get those grants if you can, but do not count on the government to come and save you because they won't. And that's why we're losing pubs because the government does not care if we lose pubs. They want to reshape hospitality in this country. I've said it before, mm. and this is where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, looking at the furlough. So some of the stats around furlough. Um, uh, Weatherspoons and uh, MMP claim the most furlough apparently between. Uh, 25 million to 50 million each. Is that proportionate um, though in terms of ownership? Does that feel right? I, I mean, they're, they're at the large end of the scale, aren't they? So, um, what's the JD? They're about a thousand. But, um, but they're big, big operations. I wouldn't be they? surprised. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't, but, it doesn't okay. sound it doesn't sound off to me. And um, I mean, well, for Green King, um, Green King were uh, ten between ten and twenty-five million for one division, and five to ten million for another. So that gives you an idea of scale. So, but the but the worst thing about this, and this is the the the, the, the shocking fact, and it, it, we've talked about it, but it, it doesn't really get traction, does it, with the government? Is how much that furlough is costing Green King are burning through seven million pounds a week, despite getting that furlough support of you know sort of close to sort of uh, potentially. 35 Jesus. 35 million mm. 7 million a week I mean that, that doesn't even touch the sides really the furlough mm. in that case does it no, no. no it's a help it's the cost of furlough isn't it yeah it's, yeah it's a help and without that then there'd be a lot more of those uh, that 650,000 figure would be a lot you, higher you, you, but you imagine if it's a small businesses like ours that's still crying out to get their furlough payment from two weeks ago or three yeah. weeks ago because it's slow slow getting the money you imagine what Green King's waiting for and how much the backlog of money is that waiting yeah, for? They're waiting for like seven or twelve million to drop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And the government's yeah. like, oh, we've just got to do an audit on you now, we're not too happy, we're just gonna have a check. You imagine those guys. Oh yeah. my god, I hate to be the accountant there. Yes, it's uh, it's it's not good, is it? Um so how many pints of beer do we think were wasted uh, over this uh, since the pandemic started? <sighs> I would like to say personally, I've done my best to drink everything in the cellar. Um, I'm still drinking stale Guinness, so I borrowed off another pub. Um, I don't know, millions. James? 40 million. Okay, 87 million pints of beer, which is just, frankly, shockingly bad. I mean, and you think about it, it takes six pints of water to make one pint of beer. Look how much water we've wasted. The planet can't afford this. The government is destroying the environment. This is not good. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know you were such an eco-warrior. Oh, yeah, so, very much so. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. Explains that, yeah. that big BMW. Look bought. at all that water. Good to go the hybrid. He bought a big uh, mm. five-litre. Five like. mm-hmm. oh, I've got the electric car, so we offset each all other. all bashed up and in repair shop. Good, good. You try not to crash it when you're out doing your deliveries. You know that insurance doesn't really cover you. That's... Uh, that's not going there. <laughs> yes, James. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Love you both. Yeah, yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, 
Uh, some other figures. Um, government grants. How much do we think the government has given us in support? 30 quid. 30 quid. 30 pounds. I'm going with 30 pounds, yeah. 30 pounds. James, any, any increase on 30? 30? 35. 35 pounds. 1.4 billion. Okay. In government grants. How much? 1.4 billion. How much? 1.4 and billion. track and trace cost us 30 track and trace is 37 billion and they've given us 1.4 billion yeah Jesus I'm going to start hanging out with Matt Hancock maybe like throw some money my way mate it's Jesus not worth it Christ. it wouldn't be there's no price I'd want to hang around with him <laughs> yeah you haven't got any PPE that you can't make to sell him so uh, anyway um, Jesus the what do we think the rent debt is estimated to be Oh, so much. <laughs> oh, uh, fuck. Ring Alex Riley, I'm sure he's got a figure. Oh, a billion. Close. Oh really? Two billion. Two so, billion. I'm sure I'm sure these figures are entirely incorrect and I'll get people ringing up and shouting out, but that's that's what I was uh, told, so So let's just put this in context. If the government didn't do track and trace because it didn't work anyway Ooh. and they just paid us all decent money and stuff. They'd still have like thirty billion in the bank. We'd have to pay for Boris's uh, uh, house to be redone again. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's probably where the money's gone, isn't it? It's. Um, I mean, the, 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 they estimate, and this is, um, I think, UK hospitality have sort of put together a figure to cost to keep a average premises or cost of average premises staying closed each month is around ten thousand pounds. So. Yeah, I think that's probably on the low side. Well, it depends on the on. The, it's probably. Well, if you put furlough, your average your average pub's probably doing you know a couple of grand a week in wages. So. Mm. But that is that will probably take you in a variety of different premises. Mm. But when you look at that against the support, mm. you just kind of think. I mean, surely they could have been a bit smarter about it. Yeah, yeah. They divided that money up a bit better, and yeah. Well, there we go. We've lost. Everyone's taking a hit. In, in terms of sales, we've lost around seventy-two billion pounds worth of sales. So, and you factor in the tax to that as well. It's, yeah, it's uh, one in three. Is it one in three one pounds? Three pounds, pounds the so that's a massive hammer to the treasury as well. Yeah. So, which uh, I'm sure they will bring back down on us shortly. But well, there you go. Let's move on. listening to the Lock-In Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the homepage of the Morning Advertiser. Please do tweet, share and like and leave us your comments. So we're looking back on a year of uh, disruption to the trade, the year of uh, uh, the pandemic um, and we've sort of been reminiscing, we've talked about the various things that happened but I mean there's have we seen some positives uh, from this? I mean let, let's, let's look and say who are there any things we've seen or operators we've seen that actually we, we would admire and we think have done good things, guys? Go on, Heath. You go. I think um, Jesse down at Parlour on Kinsel Rise, I follow him quite a bit and um, he's, just, he's just having a slog in it, man. You've got to, I've got to admire him because he's just there day in, day out. He's got the shop going. He's, you know, he's a chef by trade, so he's, he's making pastries. He's like full of energy, man. So, yeah, massive shout-out to him. I think he's done a great job. What about you, James? Um, not really anyone, if I'm honest. I've experienced that. I thought, um, you know, all pubs have done, or most pubs have tried to do something, you know, different. Um, 
but I, I suppose the I suppose there's two things it's not positive which but I think we've shown how much of a trade we talk to ourselves and we don't have influence at the very top so that's uh, a low light um, but then the only highlight I mean this isn't for me but maybe for some people is the amount of chefs that we've been able to see work out um, honestly on Instagram did I ever follow Kerridge to see him work out no I don't know did you no I didn't no well, I didn't it's a happy bonus thing, isn't it? it's just ridiculous how many chefs want to show us them in some pose or doing some way you like who cares and then you've got you've got someone else going alright chief great to see you work you know and it's just like pouring syrup in each other's ears it's just absolute I mean, bollocks I mean we've all enjoyed watching your workout videos well I Throughout. hope so I hope so I intend to do a new well, series one close <laughs> me and Joe Wicks brilliant yeah but chefs they'll be the ones chefs doing workout you know pictures in black and white of them honestly for goodness sake stop it just stop it I've had enough of it <laughs> so not really what I was looking for no I don't care it's never been a problem no, I, I, think he was, I think he was looking I think he was looking for more of a positive story yeah, not well, you getting upset that people are going to the gym I'll tell you what's positive I've unfollowed is it all, because your wife so sees these uh, videos and, and sort of shows them to you and says you know, so the other day of inspiration no, we had to do the census the other day and she filled my bit in and under, under health she said poor <laughs> <laughs> no that was wealth yeah. <laughs> we could have put it for both <laughs> Oh, what's that? What'd you put that for? Just, well, you know, BMI yeah. and all well, that. Well, hang on, you're fat, yeah. you're, uh, yeah. you're unhealthy, yeah. you drink too much, you eat yeah. too much. I mean, we could go on. He's right, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, wait, wait. Oh, I'm, I'm confused. Are you talking to me or James? I'm not talking to you. <laughs> well, to be honest, he didn't you mention are Tourette's. quite hard to distinguish. You're, you're quite similar. Um, didn't mention Tourette's. I mean, we're like, we're like uh, dolls. He's from Scotland. He's <laughs> from Scotland. I'm from New Zealand. It's like I don't know how that works for you on the geography you had in this country. Um, but we're, yeah, very different places. We're like Russian dolls with about 15 in the middle missing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I, I think I don't know if we look at did we ask you? We, no, you didn't. I'm asking no, okay. myself. Oh, sorry. Yes, frankly, you two are shit and have uh, not answered <laughs> anything sensible for most of this session. So. Um, I mean, for me, you look at the uh, the guys who went to the Great British Pub Awards. You look at all those pubs that that did such amazing things in the early lockdown, um, and the support that they did to the community. I think if we're going to take anything from this this year, it's got to be the fact that we have demonstrated as an industry how important our sector is to the communities that we serve. Surely. Okay. I t- t- so I was really just being blinded by having to go to chefs <laughs> doing workouts, but. I did judge the awards this year, and I can't say too much because I'll give away, I'll give away results. But yeah, it is, it is true. I looked at small brewing groups, um, you know, uh, uh, brewing pubcos. Um, this is for the public awards. For the public yeah. awards, yeah. And, and there was some amazing stuff, and amazing stuff from. It's difficult because you look at individual operators, but then you look at how some pubcos have dealt with their tenants in acting very quickly to take stress and anxiety yeah. away yeah. then you look at others that have pivoted which has been the phrase of the summer mm. pivoted their business to do other stuff not always to make money but to keep people engaged so there has been some cool stuff yet. yeah there has there has and I think we, we've um, you were being miserable I think that there's, there's hats off to, to a lot of the, uh, the companies that have really sort of dug deep and, um, and, and done some great things and uh, I mean also you know let's, let's not forget Heath 
You know, when when the going got tough, he uh, he installed a phone and, and fucked everyone over because the government then shut us down. Yeah, which was uh, which was then, good. Then he put creperie in and a massive then he, queue. Then he put a creperie in, which caused massive queues, which then led to further uh, lockdown restrictions, measures, yeah, lockdown yeah. measures by, by the government. Ed, I'm trying to create civil unrest to the point we storm government. I'm thinking Capitol Hill. I'd like to look <laughs> as myself as a Q on shaman. I want to get dressed up, fur coat. Face paint, no charging down to number 10, charging in there, and I'm going to stand in there, I'm going to do some sort of silly recital of how good it is to be in this holy place, and then I'm going to get arrested, and then I'm going to go, oh, I didn't mean to do it, I can't wait, that's my, that's my, that's where I'm I mean, it's, it's a lofty ambition, I would, would question the, if you're going to start anywhere to ferment unrest, Highgate is probably not the best place to start. <laughs> You say that. You say that. Mate, if, I mean, if you could... a couple of margaritas, I'll be following me anywhere. I'll be like the white viper. Um, like the margarita be... machine in the front. <laughs> it, for full transparency, um, it should be said that there is a new espresso martini uh, machine being installed in Heath's place this afternoon. Oh, yeah. And he I'm may... Are there any espresso with, with martinis not, left? With his dedication to quality, it made sure that they were all very good. Yes, so, um, yes, yeah. The, the well, cylinder holds 100 martinis and I've broken it. Well, 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 I guess he's leading into the I've already, I've already broken the machine. You've broken the machine? So, well, by drinking too much of it? Yeah, I've already had it like... No, I don't know, some connection thing, I don't know. Oh, Not yeah. that bright yeah. stuff. Yeah. Broke, broke, the handle, <laughs> broke the handle pouring it. Yeah. Anyway, okay, yeah. well, I think in, on that note, we'll, uh, we'll park this one here. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast with James Cuthbertson, Heath Ball and myself, Ed Beddington. It's not just the pubs that have been knocked for six by the crisis, suppliers have been hammered too. So we thought we'd speak to two suppliers to hear their experiences and the impact on their businesses. We've got Russell Allen from Aubrey Allen and Jim Nolan of Hairy Dog Brewery. Guys, welcome. Hi, good to see you. So let's let's just kick off. Russ, maybe you can sort of share. I mean, you guys, you are um, butchers to the queen, I believe. Is that uh, is that correct? Not just the queen. We do some pubs as well. So yeah, we are. That's right. Yeah, a royal warrant. You do so have is still going, even though no one else is. <laughs> so, I mean, from from your perspective, then, I mean, you guys are uh, a well known uh, high end catering butchers, um, among many many things you do, but. What's it been like? How how's the year been for you? Um, I think I suppose that if you look back, you know, back in late March last year, it was all about having stacks and stacks of stock, probably like a brewery in effect, and you know, putting it into Arctic's. We were shipping meat to retail butchers that were busy at, at less than cost all over the country, trying to get some cash for the stock, and then virtually empty and, and completely shut you know um, for quite a number of months we had a few people doing burgers and stuff but that was about it so it was pretty bleak back then and uh, I can't say it's a lot better at the moment uh, yeah I can imagine it, it's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster generally are you um, I, I mean how much of your business is, is dependent on the hospitality side our business is about 90%. We've got a shop which is about 10%. And we're running at about a... We're running actually being quite promising at the moment. We're doing about a fifth of our turnover pre-second lockdown, um, mainly with the people doing takeaway meal kits and stuff. But 
it's, we're still losing a fortune. I mean, it doesn't really help for me. It's just nice to have some activity and be able to go into work and do some stuff. But in terms of how it's looking, the outlook out there, I'm afraid for suppliers at the moment, there's only one metric that really matters, and that is, have you got enough cash to survive till you reopen? That, there's no, no, other, no other thing that's important because, you know, I know hospitality is struggling, but we've had absolutely zero, apart from furlough, of course, mm. which was very wrong. Yeah, so no grants, no support. Um, I mean, Jim, you're you're um, hairy dog brewery. You're um, you're a, a, a small brewer, is that? What, yeah, what yeah, we're you? a small brewer. I mean, we supply locally. We've only been going for two and a half years. Um, the, the massive impact for us was on our tap room, um, which shut down immediately. We weren't hugely predicated on the on trade. We supplied to James and some other really good pubs who pay. Mm. Um, and we do try and keep our money well. Well, it's nice, isn't it? When some cash comes back to the stuff you make, it's a real pleasure. Um, But the point being, what we were trying to do is get into the community, become part of the community. Our tap room was the prerequisite of that. And we felt that by bringing in local people, having a laugh with them, and creating almost, it sounds a bit hippie and a bit bollocksy, but, but a family around our business, that's what we were trying to do. Very similar to James, who we used as something of a kind of benchmark. The difference between possibly ourselves and, and the unfortunate situation that he's alluding to for him, we could open a shop, mm. we went online, mm. and we did free local delivery. Right. So whilst our business is down 80 to 85% from losing the tap room and on trade, we've picked up very significantly by metamorphosizing into a, a secondary business of online. The shop is wonderful. We do, you know, lots of other local products. Mm. So we do sell... Actually, we do some sausages for a local butcher. We do um, some pies. We take nothing out of that. We just sell that produce for them. Um, We do some other local bits and bobs as well. So, yeah, it's been a proper kick. But like everything, if you get yourself up again and survive and you're still in the game come the next part of it, you've got a chance. So, I mean, you're lucky in the sense you've been able to diversify. I mean, Russell, you've you've not really got that option, have you? Or or have you been able to? I mean, you've got the retail out there, but as you said, that's that's 10% of your business. It's not going to prop up the mainstay, is it? Yeah, I mean, we we, we were doing these... um, We've got a restaurant as well, so we've been doing these home kits um, that actually I first did in 2001. I've been doing them since then, so we were quite early to the party on those. So we've been doing them from our shop for a long time. We have got an e-commerce business for the public, which we launched about five or six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, with some pubs, actually, we did, um, still doing, we've done about 18,000 meals now for charities. Uh, when the pubs first shut, you know, I was, I've been supporting them local homeless shelter for a number of years and they needed a few more meals and then they ended up going I said well, how many do you want a week they were like 1500 <laughs> so we got some of the other pubs involved uh, that I know and uh, we got them all, all cooking every day in the pubs and doing stuff which was great and you know what it was as much for the good of the chefs and as good for us as it was for the people receiving the, the free stuff because you yeah. know I was speaking to chefs and I was like thanks for doing this and I thank you for getting me out of the house and back in the kitchen <laughs> so it's a great community effort really on that as well so yeah it was about doing diversifying into that and then launching the e-commerce business which won't really compensate for anything but will be something that hopefully will grow in the next few years yeah, I mean, uh, it, 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 it's touching on the on on the lack of support. I think. I mean, uh, Jim, particularly, did did you get any support? You've obviously got the, the we, yeah. I mean, you... we have a, a 
very different situation. I mean, in all honesty, we're not paid. I mean, you know, we, we do this because we're building the business. My MD, David Collard, who is integral to the business, is not paid. I have four children. Believe me, they're cheap at zero. Um, I've got a wife who's even cheaper at zero. So it's a proper family she a business. Yes, yeah, she has got a sister. I'll send her up here, Jim. Yeah, but just to work for you, mate. Nothing else. Um, so the point being, yeah, we've managed somehow, pull the purse strings in, survive. James helped us amazingly to get a few grants. We've managed, we hadn't accessed a penny mm. until probably two weeks ago and we found a little bit of help thanks to him really helping us if I have a bug to bear it is so impossible to fill out those forms and when you're struggling with your back against the wall mm. to keep your business alive mm. do you have 17 hours to fill out a form to get 350 quid mm. and I'm not sure that's done on purpose and I'm not sure the opacity of that system is done purposefully but God, it feels like it sometimes. Mm. So there is support there, for sure. Yeah. But how do you access it and in what capacity does it manifest itself? It can be a bit more of a challenge. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Russell, have you, there's, you've not been able to tap into the grants in any way, shape or form. There's nothing, uh, even with the, with the, the shop, that doesn't... Uh... We did get a grant for the shop. Actually, um, we've got a small restaurant as part of, of what we do. Mm. And uh, despite our massive losses, we put in for a grant today and we refused any money for the restaurant, which was a bit of a kick in the teeth. <laughs> on what grounds? On the grounds that our turnover was too high pre-pandemic. Okay. That sounds nonsense, doesn't it? Uh, so no, we, haven't, we, we haven't had any grants. If I talk about the supply industry, if you like, just for a moment, I, I think that we're going to see a, an absolute avalanche because I think the thing that people forget and I know it's true for pubs is battening down the hatches and losing money at the moment is fine but these guys be it the you know the dry goods guy be it the brewery that you've talked about you know anyone the first thing they've got to do when we reopen is restock which is going to be monstrously expensive for people and then they've got to pay their staff at the end of the month the suppliers are no longer going to give them any credit because our industry is a busted flush as far as insurance is concerned so they're going to have to pay up front, and then they've got to give credit to their customers, some of whom take 45 to 60 days. So I think there's some big issues coming up. So thank you to anyone that's listening that's paid their uh, supplies. We really appreciate it. And to mm. those that haven't, can you please start paying people? Because you're going to need people like me and, and be at the baker when, when things reopen. I, uh, so that's very valid points. I think, um, I mean... What is, what's your take on that? Well, our experience is hugely mixed. I mean, some people are wonderful and, and they pay on time. James is a fantastic example and he turns over a lot of beer and we sell him a lot of beer. I understand little pubs are struggling. I really do. But we're a tiny little business too and we'll deliver the beer ourselves, run it down there ourselves. We've paid for all of that, exactly as Russell alludes to. All the stuff we've had to pay up front is paid. Mm -hmm. it, what he's also talking about is so true because the cliff edge is not in two months when things open the cliff edge is five months down the road when you're still being knocked mm. for the beer that you've supplied to a little pub that may have gone under it may have opened for two months uh, and that is where the supply chain will really start to be challenged it's not in the immediacy of the open because we'll all make beer he'll make wonderful meat and supply it and i'll make wonderful beer and supply it 
it's in two or three months when that 30 day 60 day that's been kicked down the road it's, it's the cash flow that's correct going to be, uh, the challenge and then uh, the challenge is going to be really very significant and, and I'm, sorry James I was going to say well, what about the, the, then the people you've supplied that perhaps still owe you money from a year ago is it I mean I can only think this very really difficult because you, you you want to keep business you're desperate for but I say desperate for business I don't think that's, that's just fair um, do you give them more leash or do you just say enough's enough it's a really, it's a really tough one isn't it because you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place with that it's a brilliant question I mean it's, it's the eternal question of a small business because I think I, and Russell will sure say how he does it but we would go and sit with the individual concerned we'd find out you know why they can't pay or what they can't do and in some cases there's a brilliant reason and they're trying to build the business it's then upon us to decide alright let's give them a bit more credit and hope for the best when you rock up to a pub and all your barrels, casks, kegs are sitting out the back empty and they haven't paid you, mm. that's when it's a travel. If they phone you up and say, Joe, you know we're stuffed, can you pick up your beer or whatever? Yeah, I get it, we're all struggling. Um, and yeah, James, there are people of over a year, well over a year, who haven't paid us. Um, but I assume they're struggling. I have to assume they're struggling as well. Otherwise, there's something morally very mm. wrong with them. But there's a, there's a limit to how much uh, kindness you guys can show to, to other businesses. And, and Russ, I mean, how, I mean, how long can you weather the storm and enable you know those those guys to have favourable terms? And to, I mean, is that possible for you to do? I mean, this has been a year year long uh, experience so far. I think we take it on a case-by-case basis, you know. The, the, the worst thing, particularly during the first lockdown, were the, I call them the fantasists that just wouldn't speak to you. They just wouldn't answer any calls or anything else, you know. Those people, I think, were entitled to go hard on. Someone speaking to you and going, look, I can afford to pay you a small amount now, and, you know, we'll work with them on payment plans and things. But it is on a case-by-case basis. And, it's often the, the, the bigger groups, and I'm obviously not here to name names, but perhaps some of the bigger hotels and stuff that are just, no, we're not having paying you a penny. You know, it's often the, the smaller operators that look, look, I'll pay you, I'll do what I can. Um, so it is on a case-by-case case basis. Um, and I think the industry has to change, you know. I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but I don't really care anymore. If people haven't paid us and they expect credit in the future, they can whistle for it because they'll be on... You know, on weekly payment, and that's I think going to make a major a major effect on the whole industry. I think the days of extended credit, even the days of monthly credit, on a lot of things are going to be numbered. That's what going to come out of this in terms of credit control. I mean, looking looking forward, guys. I'm conscious of time on this, but looking forward, you've got. Um, the restart. I mean, how easy is that going to be? I mean, Russ, you've got um, you've got the stock up again. Um, you're dealing with a with a product which uh, is, isn't just you can't just turn the taps on that easily. You've got to uh, you've got to wait for for animals to grow and all the rest of it. I mean, how how easy is it? You can tell my technical knowledge now from my days of yeah. trade journal. Animals, yeah. animals, yeah. animals growing, turning taps on. It's super. Uh, so I mean, it's how it's easy. an honour to be in your company. Yeah, yeah, actually, I'm it's, learning. It's, 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 it's in-depth knowledge. It's kind of stuff you don't get from other podcasts and so on. <laughs> um, how easy is it going to be to, to turn the taps back on? Well, we've done it before and we'll do it again. We've always taken the, the, the philosophy that if we're open, we restock them with air for our customers and it, it, it's cost us last time and we'll do exactly the same again. We have to be. It's not easy. We're, you know, our beef, we're working kind of six to eight weeks out. Um, but, you know, I think yeah, we just have to do it. That, that We don't really have a choice because 
I think when chefs, when we reopen, I'm very optimistic like everyone else in the industry. If you're not delivering to people what they've ordered the next day, they're going to go somewhere else. So mm-hmm. the only game in town is to be stocked up, regardless of what consequences may happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's exactly the same for us. So we probably work on a six-week cycle in terms of making the beer, coming to fruition, tanking it up, putting in whatever, getting it ready to send out. You know, I guess exactly the same for Russell. There is an issue here of the, the product degrading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't hold it for ages. I, mean, I guess it can be frozen in your case, although I'm sure, sure most of yours is very fresh meat. But for us, the shelf life of the product is a real challenge because if we stock up and make a huge load and we're promised by pubs they're going to buy lots and the reopen isn't as big as it should be, we've had to buy all that malt and barley, we've had to buy that, we've had to pay the brew, we've had to make the beer, mm-hmm. and it could sit there for a very long time. I'm sure you guys will help drink. Mm. Russell, are you available? <laughs> Absolutely. Good man. There you go. He's already giving back. But, um, you know, I'm sure I can find that my kids, I'm sure, will step up. But, you know, the truth of it is, yeah, that's, I think Russell's absolutely spot on. It's, it's how much stock you build with a realistic ability to move that on in a certain time frame. And that's what business was before, but it's going to be massively more acutely and profoundly important to your business because you don't have as much time to, you know, in terms of your cash flow now. Because for the last year, nothing's come in back against the wall so you cannot afford to hugely overstock put your finger in the air and hope that people buy it you've got to start to put a realistic plan in terms of going forward for the next six months and if there is anybody out there who knows the plan for the next six months then give me a call I'll give them free beer for you how about that <laughs> uh, they definitely uh, get free beer uh, we're, we're, we're almost out of time but let's, let's just final thoughts I mean Ross what have you learned would you say um over the course of this year that, that you think uh, is, is going to benefit your business going forwards? I think it's about the resilience of our people, um, the innovative nature of our industry as a whole, really. And, um, you know, we're survivors in our trade, you know, people that have, have stood up, really, and, and done something a bit different. And I, uh, you know, I think that's really what I've learned more than anything. And I think teams will come out stronger stronger through this. And I've also learned that if you're going to take people back off furlough, you better introduce them back in quite slowly because it's a real, real culture shock for them. <laughs> <laughs> Just take them back into an eight-hour shift because they're going to die. <laughs> yeah, put down the PlayStation, yeah. come and work in the factory, yeah. yeah. I can see that. What, what about you, Jim? What have you so learned? for us, you know what I've learned, which is incredibly positive, and you've got to look upwards and onwards in life. Um, there are some unbelievably loyal, fantastic people out there who have supported us, and I'm sure supported Russell throughout. We cannot thank them enough. James is one of them, and there are a number of other people. There is light at the end of this tunnel. We can all move forward, but what we've got to do is focus on the products that we make and make sure they're even better than before this. We've got to make sure people pay us on time, and we've all got to push in the same direction. And I believe if we do that, this place, is, this country's been through plenty of shit before, and it's always crawled out. It will do again, but we've just got to be positive. Fantastic. Brilliant. Oh, that is what we've got time for. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. You are listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we are almost at the end of this week's episode. Uh, we have been looking back at a year of uh, corona, uh, the pandemic, which has decimated this industry. Um, it's it's been a tough year. Um, there's been there's been some highlights. There's been some 
stream lows. Um, what if we were able to go back in time, guys? Um, what advice do you think you would offer to yourselves uh, going into this, Heath? Um, I think don't run down the stairs. <laughs> You're going to fracture four bones in your foot and ripple your ligaments. Just walk down. Take your time. There's no hurry. Was that yeah? Janice can Janice can wait for it. What, sir? Was that before or after you got the um, margarita, margarita machine? machine? Oh, it was before actually. I think it was like March, like 29th. I, I fractured four bones in my foot. That was a fun lockdown. Still is painful. <laughs> we like to see yeah. you run. It's uh, it's fun. But um, I mean, James, what what would you? Uh... I'd say. Um, you were doing quite well in your weight loss. Don't use alcohol and takeaway food as a comfort blanket. That's what I'd say. That's uh, that's, that's uh, a big old blanket. It's a big old blanket. It's a weighted blanket. <laughs> it's become, it's become it's a, a bigger blanket since uh, since lockdown. Yeah, yeah. That was a t- listen. Here's a bit of advice for myself. When James says get a weighted blanket, they're amazing. They're not. Unless you like got real, I don't know, man. If you want to be, he's been in bed for death, four months. Get out. That? You're trapped. You've been in bed for four months. You can't get out, mate. It's ridiculous. I got one. You told me to get one. I put the weighted blanket on. It's it's the most uncomfortable thing. It's Did like you? it's like someone sitting on you at night and saying you're not getting up tonight to go to the toilet. Is that not your man, wife? Like the amount of times I want to go. Well, you want to go to the bathroom. You go to get up in the middle of the night. You can't. You're locked in. Yeah. It's like long syndrome. Those blankets. Don't get a weighted blanket. Okay, so to, to, to summarise that, I mean, the advice that we, we, we're giving to our, ourselves in the past would be don't run down some stairs, don't be a fat git, and don't buy a weighted, and blanket, don't buy a weighted blanket because he's still trapped under it six weeks after Mike. And, and, and two margaritas can possibly be too much on an empty stomach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go and look after the kids after this. I'm having a margarita. <laughs> yeah. On top of all those espresso martinis. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'll do my best parenting drunk. I love it. My wife loves me for it. We, we don't condone or uh, or uh, support any of this. but uh, So, I mean, okay. Any, any serious things you think you'd, uh, you'd do differently? Uh... Oof. No, honestly, not really. I don't know. I, I, well, mean, I think you, we, like, I, in hindsight, I think I had a pretty good shake at what I thought was right and think what we done was right. Yeah. I mean, you, you were you were pretty quick to react, to be fair. I don't like to praise you, Heath, because it does tend to go to your head and... Uh, it's never, it's never Thanks. a pretty sign. But I mean, you were pretty quick to react. You, you did all the right things. You did get us then shut down, uh, obviously with the phone, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and caused carnage in uh, Highgate with your creps. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, 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 it's difficult to say. You know, what, what could you have done differently? Honestly, I, I, don't, I, don't, I think we done. Yeah, I think we done everything we possibly could. I don't think, you know, I mean, I don't look back and go, I wish I'd done that. Mm. I think I look back and go I did the best I could well we did the best we could so yeah I think um, yeah I think like you can be you can fail for you can, I don't mind failing for not being good enough but I don't want to fail for not trying and I, and I think that's that's kind of where we were at you know it was six o'clock in the morning still you know midnight chats about what what's going to happen what we're going to do so I think we've done everything we could left it all out there and you mm. know hopefully the year will just get better 
fingers crossed for a brighter future well let's leave it there Heath has to go and look after drunkenly look after his children Um, we will be back next week with the next episode of the lock in podcast but for now stay safe